Good morning. Late this morning because there were difficulties. I couldn't go, uh, I couldn't live stream on Blue Lotus Temple, so I'm doing it from my own uh, Facebook page and I'll share it to Blue Lotus later. And uh, then, of course, Facebook throws in a new thing saying, We've changed the way things look. So uh, there's all this. Uh, new stuff to deal with at the last minute. So I've done this from my own page before because of the same, for some reason it won't let me live stream on Blue Lotus sometimes. I'm sure it's just a modem or connection issue. And uh, I'm used to the same old, same old. So change is constant, right? We have to always uh, be aware of that, not get frustrated, just keep going. So today we are on, speaking of continuing, keeping going, on 22 of our pilgrimage in India. By day 22 we would probably have so many experiences under our belts and some of them would have been incredible and some might have been very, uh, very stressful, difficult depending on how, how uh, easily we were traveling through India. So we would be encouraged every time we would do one of the readings and uh, it would inspire us, hopefully, to just keep going. So today, day 22, the reading is A Lump of Foam. It's very very uh, famous, Samyutta Nikaya 2295, and the reflection is no cause for grief, Uraga Jatakas, so it's from one of the Jataka tales. So why don't we jump right into that? We're already in October, so we're moving on into the fall. And uh, I hope wherever you are, your weather is pleasant, that things aren't on fire, that you have enough water, and that our lives are moving forward, even in the uncertainty of, in the world. Uh, we can keep our own peace. So day 22, let's do the reading and you can sit in a meditation posture and just let that be your hearing posture. It can be in the reflection. We'll do the same with the reflection and then we'll just move right into a meditation. So these will be good introductions to meditation. Seated on the bank of the Ganges, the Buddha said, Suppose that this river Ganges is carry, carrying along a great lump of foam. A person with good eyesight inspects it and carefully investigates it, and it appears to be void, hollow, and unsubstantial. For what substance can there be in a lump of foam? So too, whatever kind of form there is, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, 
or far or near, one inspects it and carefully investigates it, and it appears to be void, hollow, and insubstantial. For what substance can there be in foam? Suppose that in the autumn, when it is raining and big raindrops are falling, a water bubble forms and bursts on the surface of the water. A person with good eyesight carefully investigates it, and it appears to be insubstantial. For what substance can there be in a water bubble? So too, whatever kind of feeling there is, one carefully investigates it, and it appears to be insubstantial. For what substance can there be in feeling? Suppose that in the last month of the hot season, at high noon, a shimmering mirage appears. A person with good eyesight carefully investigates it, and it appears to be insubstantial. For what substance can there be in a mirage? So too, whatever kind of perception there is, one carefully investigates it, and it appears to be insubstantial. For what substance can there be in perception? Suppose that a person seeking heartwood takes a sharp axe and enters a forest. That person finds and cuts down a large and straight plantain tree. Upon unrolling the coils of the trunk, there is found to be no softwood, let alone heartwood. It appears to be insubstantial, for what substance can there be in the trunk of a plantain tree? So too, whatever kind of volitional formation there are, formations there are, one carefully investigates them and they appear to him or her to be insubstantial. For what substance can there be in volitional formations? Suppose that a magician displays a magical illusion at a crossroads. A person with good eyesight inspects it and carefully investigates it, and it appears to be void, hollow, and insubstantial. For what substance can there be in a magical illusion? So too, whatever kind of consciousness there is, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, or far or near, one suspects it and carefully investigates it, and it appears to be void, hollow, and insubstantial. For what substance can there be in consciousness? Seeing thus, the instructed noble disciple experiences revulsion toward form, revulsion toward feeling, revulsion toward perception, revulsion toward volitional formations, revulsion toward consciousness. Experiencing revulsion, one becomes dispassionate. Through dispassion, the mind is liberated. When it is liberated, there comes the knowledge, it is liberated. One understands, destroyed his birth, the spiritual life has been lived, what has to be done has been done, 
There is no more for this state of being. That's the Samyutta Nikaya 22.95. So this is talking about the five aggregates, the five components of what all uh, conditioned things are made up of. That's including our human, this human form and body. For whatever kind there is, one carefully investigates it and it appears to be insubstantial. So that's in form, feeling, perception, mental formations, and consciousness. The five aggregates are we talk about a lot in Buddhism, and uh, there are lots of really wonderful talks on YouTube, and it's it's we're always working with these parts of us that we think are who we are, uh, and we realize that that there's no I in any of them, so we can learn how to let them go and not let them uh, make make determinations for us who we really are. So let's read the reflection now. So just sit in your meditation posture. You can close your eyes or have them open. And when I finish reading this, we'll just practice together with the time we have. No cause for grief. Uncalled, he hither came. Without leave, departed too. Even as he came, he went. What cause is there for woe? No friend's lament can touch the ashes of the dead. Why should I grieve? He fares the way he had to tread. Though I should fast and weep, how would it profit me? My kith and kin, alas, alas, would more unhappy be. No friend's lament can touch the ashes of the dead. Why should I grieve? He fares the way he had to tread. From Uraga Jataka. So when we accept life and death and see it as all part of the same continuum, then it can help us deal with with a grief that comes. We never grieve when a baby is born, but we seem to grieve at the end of someone's life. Um, Sometimes if we can think of this, though I should fast and weep, how would it profit me? No friend's lament can touch the ashes of the dead. So, that reflection can just 
You can keep it in your head and reflect on it after meditation, or uh, you may see certain reactions to it come up during your practice, and that's okay. Just just be with them from the reflection or the reading. Uh, we don't need to analyze them in our meditation or solve any big problem, but uh, they can be there for us to just see if they if anything if it causes anything else to react within us. So let's practice together. And let's practice. We have a short time, uh, but let's practice some metta practice as well. But first, let's just sit to become tranquil and, and uh, peaceful, and then we'll move into metta practice. <clears throat> So find that position where your body is comfortable, but not so comfortable that you want to fall asleep. You want to be awake. And remember, you start out comf- you may start out very comfortable, but then something will begin. It doesn't stay that way forever. So something may become painful. Maybe you need to prop a pillow or something behind your back, um, and first stay with that uncomfortable feeling when it arises and see if it's something you can just sit through or see if that discomfort may be really uh, creating a break in your practice and you might want to change your posture or you may know how you need to move at a certain point when something becomes tight or there's a cramp, or there's pain. You don't stay with it absolutely. Just see see if it passes away, and if it doesn't, deal with it. Otherwise, it really will spoil your meditation, and it may hurt your body. But we know our bodies, so we know, we usually know, if we've been practicing a while, what we can just stay with, and it will fade away, and what we need to take care of. So that's the that's why we always are working with this body to understand our own bodies. And that means knowing about their their weaknesses, their strengths. So just be aware of your breath. Breathing in, breathing out. Typically, we we pay attention to our breath around our nostrils, but we can certainly shift that and pay attention to our breath as we watch our belly. Uh, Pay attention to how our belly rises a bit when we inhale and contracts a bit, bit as we exhale. You can choose one of those spots and it would be, uh, would be fine. Choose the one that's easier for you to focus on.
Just be with your breath. And move through your body from the top of your head down through your toes. Being aware of relaxing. Notice if there's tension in your face or your scalp, the back of your neck, maybe in your jaws. With each exhale, just let that relax. Let your jaw drop down just a little bit so it's not clenching your teeth together. Move down into your neck and shoulders. Let them relax. With each exhale, you can really feel, kind of exaggerate your shoulders, letting go. Letting go of tension anywhere in your body. Move down both arms. And are your hands comfortable in your lap? Palms can be up or down, one on top of the other, or each palm placed on your upper leg. Then back to your trunk, move back up to your upper chest. Feel your breath in your chest. Relaxing that upper part of your torso with each exhale. Be aware of your front and your back. Moving down to the middle, just below your rib cage, your stomach. Down into your lower abdomen and your hips. Make sure here that your posture is really supporting you well. There's no pain. You're allowing your spine to lift up. Then 
and move down into your upper legs. Through your knees and down into your lower legs. Down through your lower legs and into your ankles and then move into your feet. Lots of bones in our feet. Even wiggle your toes as you move out through your toes. And then just come back to your breath. And we'll begin the practice of metta. Begin with yourself and take it very seriously. Don't just brush through this. Ultimately, it all comes down to taking care of ourselves. Without that self-care, we're not much of much value to others. We need to understand what we're going through to be able to understand what others are going through. To help us develop compassion for others. When we can see ourselves clearly and love ourselves just the way we are, It builds our capacity to love others and accept them the way they are. So may I be well. May I be happy mentally. May I be content. May I feel safe. May I be at peace. There are many things we can't fix. Even though we try and it's our human nature to want to to fix things, sometimes we just have to let go and let it be. So 
Sometimes we don't know the answer, so trying to fix something can be just because we need to be doing something. We need to feel like we're being active and taking care of things. But we need to be able to see the difference. We can't just keep fixing things. We need to know how to let things be. And we can also let things go. When we're trying to practice, we can let go of the past, the regrets from the past, or the carryover of unfinished chores from the past. And we can let go of worrying about the future. Try to be mindful in this moment to see clearly what's going on in this moment. Now today, just think of a small group of your loved ones. Not every single loved one. Maybe one person today. And send this loved one your wishes, your blessings for them the same way you did for yourself. May my loved one be well and happy. May my loved one be content and feel safe in this world. May my loved one be at peace, at peace with themselves, at peace with their world. Now think of all of the other people you know or are acquainted with, your noble friends, your neighbor friends, your work friends, acquaintances, people you see, and maybe you see them on a routine basis, but you don't really know who they are. all of these people, 
all of the other people you know, the big group. And some may be people you know and don't care for, or they don't care for you. Just put them in the same group. Some may be difficult people, some may be people you can just relax with even if you haven't seen them for years. May all of these other people I know or have known or have an acquaintance with, may all of these people be well and may they feel safe and be content. And may they all be at peace. This is likely to be a much larger group. And now just allow yourself to continue radiating out this quality of goodwill loving friendliness. Let it radiate out, covering the entire world, reaching out to all living beings, human and non-human, all creatures, all beings invisible to us, all beings being born, beings dying, let them feel safe. May all of these beings throughout this world system and others May all living beings, human and non-human, be free from suffering and its causes, free from fear, or be cared for lovingly by others. And may all these beings live in peace. Thank you.
And remember, may everything we do today, everything we think, everything we say, be done for our own benefits, but also let it be done for the benefit of all other living beings. So thank you. Thanks for sharing in my practice, and I'll be back uh, hopefully first on the Blue Lotus page on Tuesday. Bye.